This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. So yesterday we talked for a few minutes about Facebook and their plans to I don't even know, what is it, move into the metaverse, bring in a metaverse? I, I, I don't even know. But we talked a bit about what the metaverse is or what the metaverses are, because there's not just one. Um, and um, Brad Eisen reached out to me and said, hey, you know what? I know all about the metaverse. I'm heavily involved in the metaverse. That's what I do. And I said, okay, you can explain this to us then. So um, he's going to do that for us today. Brad joins us now. Uh, Brad is the founder of Hazardscape Disaster Management Coach. Brad, thanks so much for joining us today. Really appreciate your time. Good morning, Shay. Thanks for having me on. So we talk about this metaverse, and it's obviously in the news now because uh, Facebook talking about uh, some sort of announcement coming next week regarding the metaverse. From my understanding, basically it's a virtual reality environment, right, where you move around, you interact with people. It's basically like a virtual world. Is that fair? Uh, absolutely, and and it's it's less about the metaverse right now, and it's it's more about you know Facebook wanting to create a metaverse that is the metaverse. And just to give your listeners some background, you know, the the term metaverse is made up of two words, meta being the, you know, defined as beyond, and verse being like universe. So really the metaverse term is used for moving beyond the current internet, moving beyond the static, you know, web pages we see today. And what Facebook uh, you know, what Mark Zuckerberg has been working on since they purchased Oculus um, back in the, the early, I think it was around 2013, 2014, was moving into this virtual reality space where he understands that in the future, you know, uh, way into the future, we're not going to be bound to these static websites that we see today. People will be logging into a 3D environment that will will take over sort of a website. So, Think of it like, um, you know, if we could do a 3D replica of West Edmonton Mall, yeah, and and we went in and we scanned the total interior of the mall, everything right down to the colors and the tiles, including the big ship, and then put all the stores in each, you could log into, through a VR headset, into the mall, a virtual replica, go into a store, look at their products, and purchase right from in that store. That's going to be the new website. Okay. Um, now, you're involved with this, right? And you've actually brought a number of organizations and people into uh, one of the metaverses that you deal yeah. with. So, so tell us how, how you use this. How does the metaverse work with what you do? So we use the, a metaverse to facilitate training, meetings, um, just have one-on-one kind of water cooler encounters where we can log into a platform. And you navigate with your keyboard, much like you would in a, a video game, and you have an avatar and you walk around a 3D space. It's, it's on your computer screen or you can log in with a, a virtual reality headset. And, and you literally walk your avatar into a 3D uh, boardroom. There's a table, there's web screens, there's, you know, windows that you can look, you can see out and it's got 3D uh, clouds. Mm-hmm. And our avatars sit around the table. We're all connected with a headset, like a, a, a microphone and, and earphone headset. 
and and you talk through voice data. So you're looking at the person's avatar, but you're hearing their real voice. Okay. And your avatar can stand up, it can wave, it, it can move around. And I hold uh, quite a, you know, I've done training in this environment. People come in and sit, I do the training. We can display PowerPoint, PDFs, YouTube videos, everything you can in a real classroom. It's just instead of using video-based conferencing like Zoom or, or Microsoft Teams, we're using this 3D platform because, one, people like the fact that they're not on video all the time. Okay. Uh, they like they like it's not actually they, you right it's it's a it's a virtual representation of you yeah i go into an uh, it's called an avatar engine and i build a, an avatar there's different uh you know shapes for my head for my hair my glasses the clothes i put on and then that little character represents me in this virtual world but people can hear my voice and i'm live just like people can hear me right now okay now um when we talk about this and uh Let's talk about the benefits. I mean, obviously, accessibility, um, the the cheapness, uh, the efficiency in doing things. You know, I imagine there's a lot of upside to sort of incorporating this into whatever business you're operating or whatever life you're leading, I guess, right? Yep, 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 absolutely. So those are a lot of the benefits. Again, people like the fact that they're not always on video. They like the fact that, like, they can log into this platform and we have office hours. So my avatar is sitting at its desk. I've got my headset on. Another person logs in, they walk into my office, we have a conversation. Hmm. Um, so I've got it up on my, my desk all the time. Th- those are some of the benefits, um, and it is less expensive. I mean, I, we're never going to go away from physical events, but right. I think now we can use these physical events more strategically, and we can use these virtual events for high-stakes meetings where we don't want to spend thousands of dollars to travel for a four-hour meeting. The downsides. Um, yeah. It seems whenever we introduce these kinds of technologies and they take off and they become sort of the way we're doing things, then we're trying to play catch up in terms of privacy, safety, security, all these sorts of things. And I imagine it's going to be the exact same thing with the metaverse, right? Uh, absolutely. And I and I think uh, what we're we're seeing, like we we already see today, like so, so for example, Amazon Web Services. When you attend a video conference with them or a training. They record your voice and image on the video to use for marketing and different purposes. They're already doing that. Mm-hmm. In, in a virtual reality environment, um, there's nothing stopping the organization from, again, recording your voice. And now they're recording your interaction and behavior with another person. Okay. And so they're not only collecting this sort of 2D data about your name, email, uh, where you click and what you buy. They're now able to record you in, in an interaction. And, you know, I, I don't want to freak anybody out, but, I mean, with that data, you could develop a, an artificial intelligence app that predicts your behavior with another user, right? And so that's, for me, that, that's a, a big uh, issue and one of the big concerns. There, there's also some human rights concerns that will ultimately come out of this. Um, for example, pregnant women should not be in virtual reality. They should, they should, they, they have apps for relaxation and things, but they should not be in a VR environment trying to walk around and navigate and work. It's, it's not safe. And, and you've also got people who are stereo blind. They can't see three dimensional objects on a screen. Mm-hmm. So if, if we're looking, at, if companies are looking at making these platforms an essential part of work, then, you know, does stereo blindness become a disability? 
um, because they can't partake in some of this work? Do how do how do pregnant women interact in a three D virtual environment when they, you know, their doctor might say they can't be? So how you know that there's that risk of being left out? So. There's the hardware some of those concerns, right? And I, I think it's more about being educated and cautious than than worried. Yeah. Um, you know, I've written the the Office of the Privacy Commissioner, the federal uh, arm, about what they're doing to prepare for the metaverse and these new new data sets that companies can capture and use. Um, and I haven't got a response yet, but I'm I'm hoping that they're preparing and anticipating uh, policy that can be used. So when Facebook does come online in the bigger sense, we're ready for it as opposed to reacting. Um, you know, and not everybody has access to the kind of technology that needs you need to enter this metaverse, right? I mean, there's, that's another barrier that people are going to have to deal with, especially if it's a workplace situation. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I look at, like, there's a company called Accenture. They're, they're big in uh, software app development. They just purchased 60,000 60,000 um, Oculus headsets mm-hmm. that they are going to be deploying through to work and customers so they can start to adopt a more virtual reality-based work environment. And so I'm sure they're, they're doing, I hope they're doing a lot of work on the impacts of, of that move with regards to hiring staff. Um, you know, there's going to be ergonomics comes into this. Head, headsets are still sure. heavy. Um, 30 minutes, I, I can be in a headset for 30 minutes before I start kind of wanting to get out of it. So, um, you know, it's a big investment, but companies are moving towards it. I, I would say if you're a small, medium-sized business right now, uh, if you want to learn about it, that's great. But there's, there's no real rush to adopt this and start investing in it. Like, I, I would say do your homework, yeah. take, take a lot of time, because there's, there's not this massive rush to it. Um, we, we are seeing companies like Nike, they, they're hiring a chief metaverse officer to, to uh, put Nike in that space. They're going to be developing 3D replicas of their shoes that you can log in to uh, an environment and, and look at and, pr- and potentially purchase. But um, it's, you know, these big players are doing it because there's a lot of hype around it right sure, now. Yeah. They have the money. It's a marketing play, a big marketing play for them. I, I would say let them lead, let them develop the policies, and then we, you know, smaller enterprises that want to move into the space can adopt what they're doing and, and you know, save some money investment. Got a text from a listener, and it's a good question, saying, you know, I mean, you take, people get upset with self-checkouts. You know, how many jobs will <laughs> this eliminate? I mean, is this a job killer or a job creator, or do we have to wait and see how it all shakes out in the wash? It, it's a job transitioner. Okay. So, for, for example, Facebook is hiring 10,000 software engineers in Europe to develop their or the metaverse. When, when you're talking about any type of virtual, even automation, um, you know, they're in Alberta right now, uh, the, the Alberta Transportation Association is developing automated trucks to, to deliver goods. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, there may not need to be a driver, but there needs to be an application engineer in the truck. So we're losing, we could lose jobs as a checkout clerk, but we're hiring someone else to do the software development or the, the application troubleshooting on the back end. Right, okay. And, and, you know, it's not about, uh, you know, we don't want to hire babysitters in, in this tech industry, but we want to put, that's, that's why you hear a lot about the future of work and the Canadian government and Alberta governments moving to upskill workers for the future of work. 
we, we may not need as many truck drivers, but we're going to need just as many software developers and engineers. Gotcha. It's a fascinating modelers, discussion, you know? boy. It's yeah, I mean, big, big discussion. It's it is. exciting. But if anyone wants to chat more, I, I'm, I love talking about this stuff. I love helping. I've moved the Salvation Army uh, Emergency Disaster Services team, both in Canada and a bit in the U.S., into this platform because they are they're adopting it um, because they see that it's, it's saving them money. It's bringing them more together with their volunteers, and, and they're, they're moving into it. So we've learned a lot over the last two years with this move, and we've also transitioned other 19 other organizations into using the platform. Hmm. So it's yeah. happening. It's Good fun. stuff. Thanks, Brad. Okay, Shay, thanks. Appreciate the call. Uh, that's Brad Eisen, founder of Hazardscape Disaster Management Coach. So, I mean, it's like all technology, and we, we talk about technology a lot on this show, and it, you know, once the door's open, there's no stopping it, right? It, it's a flood, and... Um, <laughs> this text uh, what is the point of this metaverse stuff pretty soon we'll have zero face to face even if it's over video calls with fellow humans we're going to be living a second or a double life uh, that's the concern that I have this basically removes all reality in some ways and how far down the road does this go a lot of you saying okay so the metaverse is the matrix I got it um, We've there's a lot of movies out there right you know people yesterday mentioned Ready Player One and there's um Wally, you know, basically where your entire life moves into a virtual reality. And it's scary. These movies never end well.